first time I have been in this pulpit to speak, but I have been here visiting this church for over 30 years. I would show up periodically on a Sabbath with my wife when our children were young because we come to visit relatives. So I know the Tallahassee Church. I know it from the pew. Now I'm going to see it from the pulpit. This morning, the Crawfordville Church gives you their welcome, their, their blessings. I hope you have a great Sabbath afternoon. And um, they're finishing up their week of prayer this evening at 5.30. So let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Gracious Father, we thank you for your gracious love for us. Help us, Father, to be willing to grow and actually view things from your perspective. In Jesus' name, amen. I chose the opening picture this morning. It's a picture of the 737 MAX, Boeing. That, you know, that's taken place, that row of planes sets in Moses Lake, Washington, where my son lives. Moses Lake has one of the biggest places where they park them because they have, no, they have customers for them, but they can't deliver them. Boeing made a decision that will cost them money for years. Also will cost, their, cost them time because they chose to put the bottom line before people. The finite thinking can endanger your future. The person I chose to start with is Moses. Now Moses came about in those days when Moses had grown up, that he went out to his brethren and looked on their hard labor. And he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his brethren. He made a finite decision that day. That finite decision would cost him. In, the mind, in, the, in a finite mindset, you just eliminate the problem. You don't try to see it from another problem. Just get rid of the problem and it's gone. So Moses, he looked this way and he looked that way. And when he saw that there was no one around, he struck down the Egyptian and hit him in the sand. He solved his problem. It was a finite decision, but did it really solve his problem? Or did it compound his problems? He has to run away. So next time we see Moses, a finite mindset uses excuses. God calls us, God gives us infinite abilities to do lots of things. But one thing is that we have to think like he thinks. Moses and God are having a discussion. And Moses said to the Lord, please Lord, I have never been eloquent, neither recently nor in times past, nor since you have spoken to your servant, for I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. Moses, who was a born leader, knew how to speak. He may have stuttered, he may have had problems, but he knew how to lead. Moses was coming up with a excuses and the finite mindset always uses excuses for not going forward 
God's people need to be infinite in their thinking this morning. We need to quit being so narrow. We need to be infinite. Let's move on. The finite mindset produces zealots. You know, we think of somebody, Paul. Paul was a zealot, wasn't he? He was, going to, he was going to take care of the church. He was going to get rid of the Christian. He was going to be finite in his thinking. And on the road to Damascus, God said, Wait a second, Paul. Your thinking is a little what? Short-sighted? But Paul later writes to you and I about some people who are finite in their thinking. For I testify about them that they have a zeal for God. He's talking about his own people but not in accordance with knowledge. We have to have that infinite mindset of God, and we have to have prayer and be listening to God to get there. A finite mindset only looks at the now. And and Jesus was coming out of a village, and the village said, hey, we don't want you to stay here. Can you imagine someone saying, we don't want you, Jesus? But there was a village that said, we don't want you. And when his disciples, James and Saul, saw this, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them? I'm glad Jesus said something to them. But they were finite in their what? Approach. They were finite. We got a problem. Let's do something now. How often have we done the wrong thing when we do it now without thinking it through? Jesus said to them on my next slide, Jesus said, the finite mindset does not produce compassion. He rebuked He turned and rebuked them and said, You do not know what kind of spirit you are of. Wow. Jesus said, Let's stop being solving a problem and look at the problem and have compassion. The finite mindset feeds an ambitious pride. This ambitious pride is what caused problems in heaven. Because a finite mindset makes you jealous of somebody else's gifts. It was this ambitious pride that led led to his rebellion. And by the same means he seeks to cause the ruin of man. So the devil loves us to think in a finite form. He loves us to think, solve the problem now. But you have to realize sometimes we cannot solve a problem right now because we don't have everybody able to see the total picture. But the selfish, finite mindset is built on pride that I can solve something. But sometimes... I know in my ministry I learned that you sometimes you have to let a problem work its way out to, so it can, you can solve it and deal with it. And there'll be a final solution. But here God says to you and I, we need to think like he thinks. 
The finite mindset focuses on the facts and misses the value of people. For Jesus said, The Son of Man did not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. And they want they went on to another village. I love the story of Jonah, don't you? Jonah goes in into Nineveh with a finite mind. I hate to say it, Jonah leaves God with a finite mind. Because the book ends that he's ticked off at God because God saved the people of Nineveh. We can see the facts. The facts of Jonah are true. Nineveh was a mean group of people. They were ugly to their enemy. Yet God says, aren't people more valuable than animals? You see, when we have a finite approach, we don't see the value of people. The finite mindset does not really appreciate the infinity of God, God's blessings, salvation. You see, we, we have to appreciate it. One writing on this subject put it this way, we are finite, and, and, but we are to have the sense of the infinite. The mind must be brought into exercise a, complete, a contemplating God and his wonderful plan of salvation. Have you ever stopped and think about the plan of salvation? How many of you who are parents would have been excited about the birth of a child if you knew you were going to have to die for it. But the infinite God that we serve, whose infinite love says, I am willing to invest, even if they go bad. That's infinite thinking. It's not finite. And we need, we need, we need that type of thinking as we approach the plan of salvation. Because that's the plan that God has for you. It's infinite. The finite mindset does not take responsibility for its actions. Saul, King Saul, went ahead and gave offerings when he wasn't supposed to. But Samuel said, What have you done? And Samuel and Saul said, because I saw that the people were scattering from me and that you did not come, on t- come within the appointed days. You see, he's not at fault. Who's at fault? Samuel, God didn't show up. God. So I had to take things into my own hands. You see, the finite mind doesn't take responsibility for what it does. But the infinite mind and those who are finding God in the life will acknowledge what they've done. Look at what Paul said. I am the chief of what? Sinners. I am the least of the disciples. He went from a finite mind to an infinite mind and saw the capacity of love for people that were different than he was. The finite mind likes to pick and choose in the Word of God. Ever pick your favorite proof text to show somebody? 
See, I'm right. I sometimes think we need to use that whole word of God because God's word is infinite. And there are some that may think they are fully capable with their finite judgment to take the word of God and to state what are the words of of inspiration and what are not the words of inspiration. Wow. A finite mind likes to pick and choose and that's a danger. It goes on to say this. There is no finite man that lives. I care not one who is or whatever who is or whatever his position that God has authorized him to pick and choose in his word. God has called us to trust his infiniteness, to trust that he knows what's best. Moving on. The finite mindset tries to make things happen. Have you ever jumped ahead of God? Jacob said to his father, I am Esau, your, your, first, your firstborn. I have done as you have told me. Get up, please. Sit and eat of my game that you may bless me. He approached it in a finite way. His mother approached it in a finite way. When Jacob said to her, Mom, what if Dad curses me? She said, let the curse be on me. Was there a curse? She never saw Jacob what? Again. How many mothers would not want to see their child again for the rest of their life? You see, God is infinite. And God is calling us to think infinite. Jacob didn't. It cost him. Moving on. The finite mindset does but little good. Sometimes we think we've solved a problem and we've made a bigger problem because we have approached it in a finite way. Let me illustrate what I'm saying. The great controversy... God could have walked out to Satan and said, you're done. What would have that done to heaven? All of those angels would say, man, you step out of line and you are what? You're no more. God wanted to show them that infinite love is different than that. We are finite. But a wonderful arrangement has been made that we may have a close connection with the infinite. The finite being at their, ver- at their best can do but little. But Christ's work through humanity may accomplish what? Wonderful results. It's time that the church gets connected to God in his infinite and wonderful ways. Too long we've run programs and had programs and had lots of programs. But what would happen if we, as his people, reflected the infiniteness of God's love for people? What would happen to our attendance on Sabbath morning when COVID is gone? 
People this morning are looking for real people. God wants you to be a real child of God. And this morning, we need to start thinking like God thinks. Paul said, I be an imitator of me because I imitate Christ, and Christ imitates who? Ever watch a child imitate? It's kind of fun. But you see, God says he wants us to imitate him. The finite mindset exalts human wisdom, above, wisdom to equality with God. The devil came to Eve and he was offering her a finite solution. When she should have been saying, no thank you, I have an infinite solution that never runs out. How many would like a tank of gas that never runs out of gas? How many have ever run out of gas and had to push a car? How many of us are spiritually running out of gas? Because we're trying to approach things in a finite way. For God knows that in the days you eat from the, eat from the tree, it, it, from, eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and what? You see, he offered a finite answer. When she says that, I don't know, because God has so much better for me. You know, Adam and Eve came up with their finite solution, fig leaves, right? Every time you move a fig leaf, what? Not too good. But there in that garden, God took and gave an infinite solution. He says, I'm going to clothe you first with animals. Then I'm going to clothe you with the righteousness of my son. That's infinite love. That's an infinite thinking. And I want you to realize that the first person who ever got his hands bloody, skinning an animal, was my heavenly father. The first person who ever sewed any clothes together was God the Father. Loving his child with an infinite love. The mindset, the finite mindset has an explanation for everything. Have you ever run into one of those people that know everything, can explain everything? They're really finite thinkers. Men who imagined themselves endowed with the mental power so high and in order that they can find an explanation for all the ways and works of God are seeking to exalt human wisdom to equality with the divine and to glorify man as God. Used to be when I started the ministry, they asked the how do you describe the divinity of Jesus and the humanity of Jesus? And some people were trying to explain it at that time. And I remember it at my ordination, they, uh, whatever you want to interview, they asked me that question, and I know how I had well thought about it. If Sister White said it was going to be a study of eternity, how can I answer it now? Because as God, as we unfold what Christ has done for eternity, 
we're going to see that infinite love of God get deeper and stronger and more positive. This morning, the, a finite mindset has to have everything equal. Fair, yes. Equal, no. Is everybody in this room equal? Some are taller. You know, when I was 15, I wanted to be as tall as my dad, who was just a little over six foot. Somehow I got my grandfather Cromie's jeans, and I ended up a little under six foot. But I didn't quite get his jeans totally. I got a little bit of my father's side, and I came out halfway between. I always wanted to be six. I, I, I had one sister who wanted to be six all the time. One, a girl. And she, she would hang, hoping that somehow she would stretch herself out. That's infinite. That's finite thinking. Infinite thinking says God has created me the way I am, and I am a gift to help someone know Jesus Christ. They are only repeating that which Satan declared to Eve in Eden. Ye shall be as God. Satan fell because of his ambition to be equal with God. I don't want to be equal with God. I just want to be a good child of God. Infinite thinking. We kind of get this idea, everything's got to be fair, and it's not. It's nowhere near. Was it everything equal and fair among the disciples? There were three disciples that were the inner circle, right? They're, they're cherubims. And even in, and when, the new, when the new city comes down, there's 144,000 are special. But you know what? I don't care. If I'm a part of the 144,000, that's great. But what I really want to be is where my Savior is and I can praise Him for eternity. That's infinite thinking. The mind's, finite mindset is not capable of seeing its own inabilities. He desires to enter into the divine council. He desired to enter into the divine council and purpose from which he was excluded by his own inability as a created being to comprehend the wisdom of the infinite one. In other words, we can't. We can't see our inabilities. Only God can. And this morning... God knows where we can work best for him. Allow him and his infinite love and his infinite wisdom to put you where you need to be. In fact, is that's why we're in Crawfordville. I'll be honest with you. We were looking at houses here in Tallahassee. And the last house we looked at and how close we got to going to Moses Lake, Washington was one house. Okay. We walked in and looked at the home that we live in now and we felt God said, this is the house. The fact is, we, um, my wife tried to go see another house that morning and we couldn't get to it. You see, God in his infinite love puts us where we need to be. Are we listening? The finite mindset sees the law of God as grievous and beneath him. There is a teaching that some Adventists say the, the law is for the clueless, the written Ten Commandments, and that offends me because they don't know the infinite beauty 
of God's law. I will tell you this, and I need to get moving, that the law, the Ten Commandments, are the principles of any great love. The fact is, if you take number one, it says, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Where do we repeat that in another form? You shall have no other what? No other God. But when, when you get married, you shall have no other what? Woman or man. You see, there is a relationship of great love is built in those Ten Commandments. And this infinite love is confound in those Ten Commandments. Yet in finite man will present to the people this holy, just, and good law, this law of liberty which the Creator Himself has adapted to the, the wants of man as a yoke of bondage, a yoke which no man can bear, and it's a beautiful law. But if you start thinking finite, you're going to find out that, you, oh, it restricts you. But I found that it gives me liberty. The finite mindset often misses the beauty of the law. But it is the sinner who regards the law as grievous yoke. It is the transgressor that sees no beauty in, the, in its precepts. For the carnal mind is not subject to the law of God. Neither can it be. The finite mind, if it is not reaching out to the infinite God and becoming infinite in thinking, will never see the beauty of God. The Holy Spirit's job description is to reveal the finite love of God. Holy Spirit is sent from heaven by the benevolent of the infinite love, takes things of God and reveals them to every soul that has an implicit faith in Jesus. The finite mind does not have that implicit faith. The one who senses the infiniteness of God can wait for God's timing. For God has written these words for us. Just as it is written, the things which the eye has not seen and the ear has not heard and which have not entered into the heart of man, all God has prepared for those who are. And he gives us this infinite picture. He says, I've got more for you. I want to give you more. Just trust me. There is no Christian growth without a sense of the infiniteness of God. The actual progress of a soul in virtue and divine knowledge is by the plan of addition, adding constantly the grace which Christ has made an infinite sacrifice to bring within the reach of all. We are finite, but we are to have a sense of the infinite. How important it is we have that sense. The finite man struggles to find the infiniteness of God outside of Christ. Outside of the cross, we have nothing out of a picture of God's infinite love. The mightiest human being, whatever may be his claim, is not finite. He cannot understand the infinity. Christ solely states, no man knows the Son but the Father. 
the finite mind loses the simplicity of faith. When a man builds theories, he loses the simplicity of faith. There are deep mysteries in the word of God. There are mysteries in his providence and there are mysteries in the, in the plan of salvation that man cannot, what? Fathom. Infinite thinking. I want to imitate my Father, my Heavenly Father. And with that comes the simpleness of faith. The finite mindset leads to a conceited heart. But a finite mind is strong in, in desire to satisfy curiosity, to solve the problems of the infinite, infinity, neglect to follow the plan course indicated by the revealed will of God and, and peers into secrets hidden since the foundation of the world. Sometimes we don't need to know some things. We need to trust God when he says, just trust me. The man, who, the man builds his, his theories, loses the simplicity of true faith, becomes too self-important to believe the declarations of the Lord and hedges himself in with his own conceit. Wow. Strongly said, isn't it? The finite mindset, and we're going to coming to an end really quickly here, gets rid of the issue. It never is at fault. It's zealous. It's ambitious. Sees the cold, hard facts. It obeys some of the time. It takes things into its own hand. Does little good. Uses human wisdom. Wants to explain everything. Has to have everything equal. Has had no ability to see its own inabilities. Sees God's law as grievous. Takes charge in place of the Holy Spirit. It can't wait for God to act. Thinks it's, the, thinks it's the smartest and cannot accept the simplicity of faith. I don't have time to be finite anymore. Our church needs to start thinking like God thinks. See the potential people around them. The infinite mindset of God, he takes time to care when we're messing up. It takes time to know us. Let's move on. One more, the infinite mindset. Keep going. Keep going. One more. Two more. One more after that. There we are. The infinite mindset, he takes time to tell us his plan for the future. This morning we celebrate his soon coming. Do you see yourself as part of his future? In it, that's infinite thinking. He takes time when we are struggling. He is with us through the COVID crisis. And folks, there's people struggling all the way through this church and other churches. 
You know, I miss fellowship dinners, don't you? I miss socializing. We can bump shoulders. That's about a sterile way you can say hi to anything. But you know, I'm not a huggy person, but I still like a good handshake. But Jesus says, wait, I'll get you through it. But I want you to learn from this experience that there are needy people that need that infinite love of Jesus. And it can only be delivered by you. It takes time when you, he takes time to walk us through, takes time to walk with us through the Holy Spirit. He takes time to listen. He teaches us how to be humble. He teaches us how to reach out in faith. He teaches us everything's not equal, so don't get worried about it. He teaches us that the law is not grievous, but it's beautiful. He teaches us that the Holy Spirit is here to help us. He teaches us to wait for God to act. He teaches us and he helps us to admit our failings. He teaches us the simplicity of faith. Which thinking do you want this morning? The infinite mindset of God. Paul writes to us in Philippians and says, Have this attitude in yourself, which was also in Christ Jesus, who thought, who though he, he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as a thing to grasp, because he was infinite. Which mindset? predominates your thinking. There are times that I, more than I'd like to admit, I think finite. Oh, if I could just get this done. And God sometimes tells me, go get help. But I don't want help. I can do it faster. But God says, go get help because I need them to know how much they're needed also. That's infinite thinking. Which dominates you? I want to be infinite, don't you? Shall we close our, bow our heads for prayer? Gracious Father, we thank you that you're an infinite God. And throughout eternity, we will open the pages of your love for us and go, wow, you knew that and you were still working with us and you still cared for us. Oh, Father, you saw our potential when we were sinners. You see our struggles in walking with you, but you still say you've still got a place for us. Oh, Father, help us to see that for people around us, that they may experience your love and your infinite love through us, that the world may be ready for your soon coming. In Jesus' name, amen.